Welcome back, everyone. Uh, this is Streaming Surfers. My name is August Ricardo. My name is Jesse Davis. And you know what? We're, uh, we're motherfucking here. We're motherfucking here. It's time to uh, talk about the worst that 2020 had to offer. The absolute worst. Just the absolute bottom of the barrel. Real. And also some things that weren't necessarily bad, but I'm putting on the worst list anyway. Yeah, that. Uh, I also have a little bit of news. Just a little bit. Just a skosh. Please. Um... Yeah, do you do you want to do some of this news? Let's do it. All right. Uh, here's some funny news. I think some theaters are reportedly considering slashing ticket prices for Warner Brothers films as low as three dollars, so the studios will get back almost nothing. Listen, if that only affected Warner Brothers, the company, I'd be all for it. Mm-hmm. But it affects. Um, all the actors, the directors, the crew, everybody involved, as well as, um, like, the future of movies that can be made. So, as funny as that is to think about, it's a bad idea in practice, but, you know. It's fair. Um, it does, it does make me giggle a little bit. (laughs) All right. Lily James and Sebastian Stan tapped to play Pam Anderson and Tommy Lee in event series for Hulu. I don't know if this is what we as the American people need. <laughs> what? But it is, in fact, what we deserve. <laughs> and uh, it will probably be very good. That's fair. Um, yeah, uh, it's the same actor or director who did um, I'm Margot Robbie, Ice Skating Sucks. I, Tonya? Yeah. Which is a very good movie, yeah. So yeah, there's that. Uh, anything else to say about that? Not really. All right. Um, then I guess I only have like one really, one other piece of news. Oh, I have two more. Millie Bobby Brown to star in the Russo Brothers' The Electric State at Universal. Endgame's Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFreely will pen the adaptation of. Simon Stalenhag's something Dutch uh, tale of a girl and her robot in retro-futuristic America. I think that sounds interesting as hell. It's a good answer. Although I think maybe I'm being cynical. But I think somebody was like, how can we get the most famous people in Hollywood currently to all do a project together? It's fair, yeah. That isn't Avengers Endgame. It's fair. And they're just like, ah, throw Millie Bobby Brown in there. And they're like, sweet, perfect. Yeah. Uh, they just... Yeah, alright. But, um... It sounds good, I'm excited to watch it. Oh, Death of 2020 is coming Sunday. Did you see the trailer? No. It gives nothing away at all. It's neat. Where, like, Netflix is on in the background, like, the little, hey, here's what you should watch later <laughs> on thing is going, so... You know. Alright, I guess this is the big news of the week. Um, Tom Cruise yells at the crew. I have a maybe controversial opinion. Um, what? <laughs> He's right, and he should say it. And he may have been a little mean about it. He could have been nicer. 
And I get, like, rich guy being mean to, like... Underlings. A film crew is not a great look and not a great thing to happen generally. People's lives are at stake. The future of this industry is at stake. Tom Cruise really cares about it. And, you know, Tom Cruise sucks. I'll (laughs) be the first to admit. And I hate saying that he's right about anything. But, um... You know, he's trying to help the industry... And these people were demonstrating very clearly that they simply cannot be asked to give a fuck. Right. And so he yelled at them. And I don't think that that was an unwarranted response. Call me an asshole if you like. I don't think it is. That's fair. I did see someone saying, though, that the better move would have just been... Just... just uh, <laughs> They said Aunt Viv them? Yeah. Like break for lunch and then a new guy's holding the boom mic like right which i i could i can see an argument for that as well i i just love aunt viv as a verb agreed <laughs> all right you have anything else i'm not all right let's hop into the worst of list so worst of 2020 the worst of 2020 right uh so number one is obviously the coronavirus 100%. Absolutely. The let's coronavirus talk about movies and TV shows. Exactly. Uh, uh, quick shout-out to number two, Donald Trump, uh, who is at... I, I'd even say he's maybe contender for number one. Maybe. He's at least tied. I mean, I think they go hand-in-hand, hand, you know? They do. You know, this whole coronavirus issue could have been... Uh, nipped. Nipped right in the bud were Donald Trump not the biggest asshole. Um... So, yeah. Fuck that guy. Fuck the coronavirus. Here's, uh, cross my fingers for a vaccine. Yes. Um, do we want to hop in with some... The Prom? Let's hop in with some The Prom. The Prom sucks, guys. The Prom blows. Like, I don't know how it was on a... Maybe it'll get an Oscar list, huh? Like, yeah, no, that movie, like, legally qualifies as a hate crime. I said that first. Give me my credit. Credit August Ricardo. James Corden committed a hate crime, and we all, as the viewing public... See, like, but I don't even think it was necessarily James Corden's fault. Uh, that's gay face. That is... Yeah, but, like... I mean, I'm assuming he was directed... Yeah, what It, it was the writer and the director. Yeah, I mean, I assume they were but told... But also, like, he should have read that role and been like, no. <laughs> well, he's running around going, isn't it funny that I'm gay? Snaggle pussing about, like... Yeah, it's... It's not ideal. Heavens to Murgatroyd. Exit. Stage left, even. I didn't even know who Snagglepuss is. I don't. He was like the Pink Panther's, like, cartoonishly gay cousin. Oh. And I'd be like, heavens to Murgatroyd. That's weird. I agree. That's why I'm comparing it to this. Yeah, it's not an inaccurate comparison. Also, a romantic subplot between... Keegan-Michael Key and Meryl Streep is not what I thought 2020 would bring me. But actually, I don't hate it. I mean, I might have hated it less if I didn't find Meryl Streep to be an absolute... Oh, yeah. All the characters in this movie are, like, bad people, objectively. Except Keegan-Michael Key. Yeah. Well, I mean, the insight... I'm generally not stoked on the fact that, like... Despite the fact that, I mean, like... Okay. Of the four characters who are, like famous air quotes um right only one of them is explicitly gay i suppose you could say andrew Randallis is like coded as gay 
Yeah. But he never says the words, hey, look at me, I'm gay. Right. So, in order to make this point more effective, I will not treat him as such. Sure. I generally don't find the idea of three straight people coming into town to queer eye a, like... To queer eye a lesbian girl. (laughs) And tell her she's too butch to be, like, fun. Right. Also, writers, I'm gonna need you to reevaluate what butch means. Right. She sure wore a beady. My... My girlfriend watched this movie with us, and she said, Jesus, if she's butch, I'm a man. Right. Because that Emma girl... The fictional one. The, yeah, the, the fictional Emma uh, is not not very butch, really, besides, like... Wanting to wear a suit to prom. Wanting to wear a suit to prom. But even then, it's like a baby fucking blue suit. Like, right. a real Napoleon Dynamite-looking thing, like... It it's not like Butch, I would say. No, yeah, nothing is my. Pick. I mean, she's not like ex. She's not extravagantly feminine like her girlfriend. Yeah, no, I mean she's like Butch. She's Butch compared to like Quinn Fabre. Right, I suppose. <laughs> but like, but no, she's not like actually Butch. I don't know. I mean, I guess the performances were all right. Like the performances weren't terribly bad, but the characters were written so poorly that it was hard to appreciate the performances because you hate all of these characters. Yeah. Except Keegan Michael Key. Yeah. Because he's a solid dude as always. He is a solid dude. Um, and also a really good actor. Like he was even a good actor in this. Yeah. Put Keegan Michael Key in more things that aren't just like wacky comedy. I, he's great at wacky comedy. Don't get also me wrong. let him do stuff about Jordan Peele. You know. Yeah. If it has to be, if it's going to be comedy. Like. Yeah. He's he's great at wacky comedy, don't get me wrong, but he is also really good at playing those more dramatic and serious moments. Right. And never for a moment was I like, uh, it's funny because Keegan-Michael Key is being dramatic. I was like, I'm actually maybe a little bit, of all the things in this movie I'm supposed to be invested in, I'm most invested in this. You weren't invested in James Corden? Mm, uh... After I got over the fact that it was a hate crime, I his character arc wasn't disinteresting. His character could have been good if they would have just had a gay actor play him. Right. And maybe toned down. Well, even not necessarily, because, like, gay people are allowed to be gay stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And they're allowed to be straight stereotypes. They're allowed to be anywhere in between. I think my problem but with it more is that, like... The fact that a straight, straight man. actor... Playing a gay stereotype. Was play- yeah, was playing these, like, viciously gay stereotypes. Like, from the 90s. Yeah. From the fucking 70s. Yeah, no. It's... It's wild. I... Um, I also love, um, Twitter. Because, you know, Netflix is always like, isn't isn't our most recent thing just life? Because you know how Netflix's Twitter yeah. is cool? They're like, Nicole Kidman was life in the prom. And I'm like, Nicole Kidman was in the prom, question mark? <laughs> Also, she was there for like two lines, yeah, one song, and the song itself was not great. Right, yeah, that's another thing. This mu- this musical sorely lacks heaters. Like, yeah, there's like no good songs in this musical except for the one that's just like James Corden gay stereotyping about. Right, and Andrew Rannells criticizing. Yeah. Yeah, but, like, even Christians. that one, like, I am. I assume that when, like, the first person who came up with the idea, what if we had a gospel-style song that was making fun of Christians? Like, I'm sure when the right. first person who had that idea had it, 
That was like <laughs> back during the Bible times. Yeah. You mean? <laughs> it was a revolutionary idea. Yeah, that was like a hot idea. But like I've seen Book of Mormon. Right. But I mean, that song kind of slapped. And James Corden just being a gay stereotype. That song also kind of slapped, but just because like James Corden has a really nice voice. Right. But and even that's still, really the like, only reason why. Without, but could you like hum the tune to those songs? No, I cannot. Hum a tune right now from this musical. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. Right. Exactly. Also, I'm congested right now, so right. that's. Like, like usually, my humming is bad, but it's not that bad. The only like part I can definitively remember is lesbians, lesbians, lesbians. lesbians. Yeah, it, it's this movie. It tries so hard to be woke that it like circles all the way back around to homophobia. Right. It it does what Mulan does, but with homophobia instead of misogyny. Right. Also, the main character, not I mean, I guess not main character, but like who I assume is supposed to be the main character of Emma is also very unlikable too. Yeah, she's really the way unlikable. she like yelled at her girlfriend to out herself and then right. break broke up with her for not doing so. Despite the fact that her opening line is, man, being out sucks. Right. Being out in Indiana kind of blows. She's, like, aware of the problem, and her mom is the number one homophobe. Right. Her her girlfriend's mom's the number one homophobe. Oh, also, like, sorry, guys, but uh, we're not really holding back with spoilers in terms of... The bad um, ones. The, the, the worst, worst of. of episodes. Uh, so, listen at your own risk... I'd recommend you watch everything we talk about. Well, most things we talk about. At least just so that you sort of know. But we're going to talk spoilers because it doesn't really matter whether you... It, it's not going to make your your viewing experience worse knowing exactly what happens. Right. Um, yeah. It, it was just... It was a movie. We sure did watch it. <laughs> All right, moving on. I think it actually it 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 could have been all right, but they did some things. I don't know. The source material it. doesn't seem exactly popping. The source material is not fantastic, but they could have done some interesting things with it. Also, you know what really chaps my ass that I learned? What really chaps you? The prom didn't get a single Tony. Oh really? I mean, it doesn't chap my ass to learn that. I don't like it, but it chaps my ass that we made a movie out of this. <laughs> remarkably unsuccessful musical. Right. One thing, let's, I, I, I want to, I want to do something. Do it. August. I would like for each of us who's seen the, the material we're talking about, because we've all, like, everything we're going to talk about today, at least one of us has seen. Right. Um, I would like, just in the spirit of the holidays, for us to say one nice thing about every thing we're saying bad things about. That that we can make an educated opinion on. So, like, if for one of my things I know you haven't seen, you won't be able to make that. All um, right. Um, what's, what's one nice thing about the prom? Carrie <sighs> Washington was, has a very nice voice. Carrie Washington does indeed have a very nice voice. Uh, my nice thing about the prom is I, I actually really did enjoy the production design of the film. I thought that was its strongest aspect. Production design and costumes. Yeah, that's fair. Um, 
it, it was it was a very good looking movie. I suppose. But then when you listen to any of the dialogue or whatever, it well, I mean, it's like Emma said in terms of costume. It's like the gays like sparkles, don't they? Yeah, I I made the joke. Pastel colors. Let's have them walk in a in a rainbow formation. <laughs> I I made the joke while we were watching the movie that I I don't normally say my jokes are that great, but this joke was just too good not to show on the podcast. That they did like the Billy on the Street thing with gay people right. to figure out how to make this movie. They just run up and they're like, For a dollar, <laughs> sir, are you gay? <laughs> what do you like? Yes. <laughs> For a dollar, what do you like? I don't know. I I <laughs> Wicked, I guess. Yeah. Okay, we'll put it in the movie. Right. And that was just how they, like, formulated what gay people like. Yes. Um, but, yeah, the the production of this movie, the production design of this movie was, uh, I, I enjoyed it. Alright, ready to move on? Yeah. Are we gonna do what we do for the best of episode? Yeah. Okay. Let's do the same. Hoops. I have not seen Hoops. Hoops sucks, man. Which I'm very disappointed to hear. Did you like Jake Johnson? I love Jake Johnson. I, like, I got some laughs out of it, and there were some new girl cameos. Oh, that's neat. Like, who showed up? Uh, Cece and Coach. Like, their characters, the actors who portray them? The actors. Like, actually, I did get a kick out of Coach. That, that's my nice thing. I found it mildly funny that the actor who played Coach shows up as his rival coach. Like. Oh, that's fun. He's not, like, also Coach or anything, but I found, like, that mildly. Right. Amusing. But other than that. No, not a single thing. You ever see Brickleberry? No. Alright. Well, this show has the ugliest design for animation I've ever seen. Like... Oh. And if one you of think the- it's bad, I'm gonna really hate it. Oh, that's... That's really bad. I'm showing him pictures right now. That's That's really, really bad. I don't know if I call it the ugliest... But that's really bad. Right. Could you explain the premise of the show Hoops for uh, those of us who need it? Right. So, uh, Hoops is about um, Ben, I think is his name. Ben Hopkins, I believe. He's this, uh, it's an animated show on Netflix. And he's the, like, basketball coach of this, um, like, failing basketball team. And he has to get a win or else he'll lose his job. And then that's, like, the first episode. And, like, his dad is, like, a famous, like, basketball player. And he never made it. So that's, like, the first episode. And then every episode after that is, like... Okay, yeah, so the first episode, he promises... So there's this tall kid named Maddie, right? Yeah. Like, it's that one. Oh, sure. And he's like, I need this tall kid so I can win this game. So he offers to get him a hand job. So the first episode follows him, like, trying to get oh. a prostitute to, like, jerk off this kid so he can join his basketball team. That's Jeez. the first episode. Wow. Right. Sign me out. Yeah. It's that gross sort of, like, Comedy Central adjacent, like, oh, we're so edgy. We can do the South Park thing, huh? It was canceled after one season, thank God. Yeah. I don't know why Jake Johnson did it. Like, are you strapped for cash, Jake? Right. I'll give you some money, man. I can loan you a little bit. It was terrible. Oh, my God. I hereby pledge all of our podcast revenue to Jake Johnson if he simply does not make more hoops. No, I agree. Like, I mean, I guess he produced it, but, like... Yeah, that, that that's a little... Just from the description of your first, ep- the first episode, I'm like, oh, that this is, I'm going to hate this. This is icky. 
I'll read you. Um, I'll read you it actually. Because uh, when you when you tell me, like, sorry to interrupt, but this is, this will be brief. When you tell me that Jake Johnson is producing and starring in a adult animated show about a like failing middle school basketball basketball game. coach, I'm like, oh, that could be like BoJack levels of good. No. And to hear that it's really, 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 really bad is uh, disappointing. Would you... Okay, pick a number one through... Or two through ten. Uh, seven. I'll read you the plot of the seventh episode. Okay. It's called The Strike. Ben prepares his team to face Coach Chapman, a rival he's been playing against for several years. Finding out that his chances of winning are slim to none, Ben is advised to join a team of teachers going on strike so he won't have to attend the game. In the end, Ben manages to lose any possibility of the teachers getting his demands and the teachers lose... And his team loses the game causing him to get a tattoo of the lyrics to All-Star on his back. That sounds like something that, like, middle schoolers came up with and thought was, like, really, really good. Right? Isn't that hilarious? Oh, also, uh, Schmidt's on it. Oh. So, yes. But, yeah, exactly. Like, you get what I mean? It sucks. Yeah, that's Like, objectively. Real bad. I hated it. I hated every minute of watching and i watched like almost all of it i think maybe i didn't finish it but no i think i did finish it it was terrible that's that's rough no yeah all right moving on uh all right i have a couple that i've inside the ixnay okay i was gonna say ted lasso but apparently it really comes together it just wasn't for me Sure. From what I've heard, it was very fantastic towards the end. That's all I've heard about it, is that it's, like, from everybody else I've heard who's watched Ted Lasso, it's on their best of list. Okay. It might be good. I couldn't, like, get through it. It just wasn't for me, I think. Maybe if I was more of a soccer guy. I don't know. Sure. Um, Close enough. Also, it was kind of disappointing. Sure. But, I mean... I don't know. Regular show is something I grew up with, so I thought that this was, like, the natural evolution of regular show for, like, 30-somethings. Like, early 30s was, like, kind of, like, more up my bag, but... Right. I don't know. Maybe I won't appreciate it until I'm in my 30s. Maybe. Yeah, once I have a kid, I guess I'll like it. I don't know. Or maybe just won't appreciate it. Maybe. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, absolutely. And then Scoob. Oh, you, you nicked Scoob off the worst of list? Uh, what do you think? Scoob. I don't think it should be on the... Uh, it's not on mine. Okay. I think it was fine. It did what it was meant to do. I don't think it was great. And I'm a little concerned for the Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe. animated universe they're trying to create. But, like... I mean... Right. I don't know. I guess I take more issue with the fact that, like, Mark Wahlberg's The Blue Falcon was the best part of this animated Scooby-Doo movie with an all-star cast. Yeah. That's fair. Um... I, I don't think it was bad. I don't think it was good. It was, it was just it was generally just, inoffensive. Yeah. I have, like, really, like, no... It was also mind. weirdly convoluted, and that's by, like, Scooby-Doo standards. Like... Yeah. Like, oh, we gotta find the fucking skulls of Cerberus so that the gates to hell will open up. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Can't, like, someone be trying to do, like, a real estate scheme? Like, exactly. Give me a good old real estate scheme. <laughs> like, can't a theme park be failing... 
Like, yeah. holy shit, man. I was like, what are you talking about, guys? <laughs> That's fair. But, all in all, I don't think it was a bad movie. I, I guess, but, I like... I just don't think it was a good movie, either. I don't think I needed to see, like, Scooby-Doo Avengers, sort of. Yeah. It was and weird. It, it could have been a good movie, which, by the standards of what I'm... Some of the things I'm putting on my worst of list, it probably belongs on there, but I've got a little bit of a soft spot for Scoob, so I'm not going right. to put it on there. All right. Ready? Uh, yeah. Next is The Broken Hearts Gallery. I have not seen The Broken Hearts Gallery. It's the only movie I've seen in theaters all year, other than Uncut Gems at the beginning of the year? Or was that still... Uh, we did see it at the beginning of the year. Okay. And Tenet, we sort of saw in theaters. Yeah, but whatever. But we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers for the rest of the episode, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So, I saw The Broken Hearts Gallery. A friend texted me, and she said, Hey, come watch this movie with me and a, and a girl you like. And I was like, yeah, I'll do that. So I go, they, I like arrive after the trailer, so they can't even let me in to the theater. I like sneak in with people leaving another movie. Sure. Like through the exit doors. And I walk in, we're like the only three people in the theater, so we watch this movie. Guys, this movie sucks. Also, is Zachary Montgomery like really short? Who's Zachary Montgomery? Zachary. Dar- is that his? Oh, uh, Zachary Montgomery? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's only, like, 5'5", five, five, I think. Okay, because I noticed that watching this movie, I was like, oh, man, Homeboy is short. He is exactly... Oh, he's 5'10". Am I short? Huh. Maybe everyone else in the movie is just really tall. Right. So, the Broken Arts Gallery, folks, tells the story of... I don't know. Um, some girl. I missed, like, the first 20 minutes of it. Who broke up with this guy... And she's, like, wandering around or whatever, and she meets Zachary Montgomery, and he, uh, is, like, his dream is to, like, renovate this old YMCA into a hotel. Okay. And she, like, nails her ex-boyfriend's tie to the wall, because she has, like, this bag, because her, her, like, rom-com quirk, is what I'll call it, is that she always, like, keeps something from a breakup. So she nails her boyfriend's tie to the wall and writes, like, oh, she makes, like, an museum exhibit, like, tag, like, Zachary's tie. However long they dated. Whatever. I don't know. Sure. So then it becomes, like, this social media trend to have this broken heart gallery. And they have, like, these weird, like, interviews that, that, like, interject between scenes of people, like, explaining what their item is. And they range from, like, sort of passe to like really weird like they'd be like oh this is my ex-boyfriend's cast from the car accident we got into after when he was driving away after we broke up and i'm like wow like shit like that and i'm like what the fuck and then like they like have a mid-act fight because he doesn't want his hotel to be a gallery and then he has to like declare his love for her at the gallery opening it sucks man like I mean, I guess it was the only thing to see this year, but holy shit, was that bad. Yeah, that that doesn't sound great. And don't get me wrong, uh, I'm a sucker for rom-coms, chick flicks, whatever. Me too. You want to and I also it. like bad rom-coms, usually. Oh, yeah. I, like, like, you I, love a bad I rom-com. I love a bad rom-com. Um, you know which one. Fuck off. That's a fantastic rom-com, August. <laughs> um, it's great. And it deserves respect from everyone, including you. Um, 
but that does not sound appealing really at all it was just weird i don't know again maybe i wasn't in the audience for it maybe i mean i don't know who was but because also everyone i saw it with was like that sucked and i was like i agree yeah uh all right Space Force. Do you see any Space Force? I did not watch any Space Force. It kind of blew, man. I might over the break. I might like watch it with my brother. We'll see. I Just because like... we both know it blows, but we kind of we're like intrigued. I couldn't finish it. That's the biggest problem I had making this list. It's that um, if I don't like something, I'm generally not compelled to continue to watch. Right. Like I was compelled to continue to watch Hoops because it was just this immaculate dumpster fire that I was amazed with the colors of. <laughs> sure. <But> like, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but like everything else and also it was a movie I generally didn't finish it but like no Space Force absolute ass like <laughs> I watched like two episodes of it with um Claire when she was staying with me oh okay that sucks man I get th- I get the math like they're like let's get Steve Carell back for one of these like I assumed that was right. like the net that was all that the Netflix people had to say they're like they had like a whiteboard and they're like Steve Carell plus Greg Daniels equals dollar sign dollar sign dollar <laughs> sign <laughs> right but it's and apparently it did because it's getting a season two because I have a little insider secret for you guys. Uh, hate watching shit will get it renewed, right? And then when you act surprised on the internet, it's like, how the fuck did this get renewed? I watched every episode and it's terrible. Like you answered that question for yourself, bud. Exactly. No, it was like, what am I even watching, man? Right. I did not like it. I just found it, like, generally kind of, like, boring. I didn't laugh once in the five episodes I watched, I think. Rough. I mean, I might have, like, exhaled sure. with a bit more oomph than usual. I was like, hmm, okay. Yeah. But that's it. Right, but that's the only, like, that's the most generous reaction I had watching all nine seasons of The Office as well, so... I laughed watching The Office, but, I like... I didn't, really. I, maybe, like, on, like, two episodes. I was like, ah, oh, that's that's funny. <laughs> but they're... Yeah, never mind. I'm not gonna do that debate right now. Right. That's fine. I think all the white girls on Tinder, they're gonna come for you. Good thing I'm not on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, man. Yeah, no, I, I don't think it needs another season. I mean, I guess it ends with a cliffhanger. And, I mean, I like Ben Schwartz, but... <laughs> Ben Schwartz is in it? Yeah, he's like the social media guy or something. I don't know. Of course he is. So he's just John Ralphio? No, he's like competent, I think. Oh, okay. Again, I don't know. I couldn't remember because I only watched like four episodes of it in July. Valid. Actually, wait, no. I did get... I maybe got a laugh out of an episode where John Malkovich, who's like the brains of the operation... Of course. ...has to uh, go to the... Senate. Oh, wait, no. It was more of an uncomfortable laugh because they made a Brett Kavanaugh joke. Ooh. Because they are having a Senate hearing about um if the Space Force should get more funding and then, like, protesters for, like, what is obviously coded as Brett Kavanaugh show up. And they're like, oh, that's in the other room. Oh. And I was like, that's a weird joke that's to make. That's a real weird joke to make. Like, are we at a point where it's ha-ha... We let a rapist be on the Supreme Court. Isn't that wacky? Uh, I'd say no. Okay, good. Just checking. <laughs> um, I, I'd say we're not there, nor should we ever get there. I was supposed to make sure I wasn't a sensitive lib, you know? like <laughs> No. I, uh... The one thing I will say... Here's my nice thing about Space Force. 
The show um, you haven't seen? <laughs> yeah. Is there was that little while, those couple of days, where uh, there was a legal battle going on because they thought that the U.S. government was going to lose the trademark on the name Space Force to Steve Carell's Netflix show. And I said, I don't care how bad this show is. If that happens, it's the best show ever made. Did you see that, um... They made, like, they named the new, like, team or whatever, the Guardians, and then yeah. James Gunn was like, the fuck you did? <laughs> I did not see that. I, I took it down. I did see it was a name by Space Professionals for Space Professionals, which is, uh... There's yeah. so many layers to that joke there. Here we go, yeah. Uh, Vice President Mike Pence announces that uniform numbers of the Space Force will be called Guardians. There you have it. Soldiers, sol- sailors, airmen, marines, and guardians. And James Gunn said, it can we sue this dork? Good. Fantastic. I, uh, yeah, the... Ooh. By space professionals for space, space professionals. professionals. What is this fucking kids bop? Also, what the <laughs> fuck is a, a space professional? I guess space force people. You know, I don't know. They're space man. professionals. And Dude, did I tell you? Maybe I shouldn't share this story. <laughs> no, let's share it. Uh, my dad um, <laughs> was in the military for a combined twenty six years. Uh, he did three years active duty and then twenty three years national our army national guard. Um, and then he retired, and he's been, uh, in IT as long as I've been alive, um, as his, like, day job, uh, and he, after he retired, he was offered a contract to be, like, a high-ranking member of the Space Force, and he's like, no, I'm not doing this. (laughs) This is ludicrous. Like, A, I just got out of the Army, which is, like his biggest reason for turning it down because apparently the money was pretty good but he was also like the Space Force is kind of yeah. dumb like from a military perspective like he knows some shit that not everybody knows uh, including myself so I can't really speak on it but like he he understood the reason why the Space Force existed a little better than like you know your average American right but he still was like it's kind of fucking dumb like we're just doing the Star Wars again from the nineteen sixties with, and and Donald Trump is most assuredly not John F Kennedy, so Space Force. I uh, how's my JFK? It's bad JFK, dude. That's a great JFK. Maybe the Clone High version. I don't know. I haven't seen this. Single. I was about to say you can't like you can't turn it on me. I've seen. I've watched John F Kennedy's interviews. That's not what that man sounds like. Give me a JFK quote. That shining man, city. A plan, a canal, Panama. <laughs> By the end of the decade, we will put a man on the moon. Stop. It's so good. That's not what he sounds like. Yes, man. it is. I am John F. Kennedy. No. I'm a Kennedy. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I ask one question and one question only, August. <laughs> what is your question? Could someone who talks like that ever conceivably, possibly in their wildest dreams, fuck Marilyn Monroe? <laughs> <laughs> or Jackie Kennedy, for that matter? <laughs> the answer is no. 
Also, audience. Oh, Marilyn. Oh. So, oh, my <laughs> God. I quit. I'm done. I'm out of this podcast. Jackie, too. Congratulations, guys. August is your sole host. I'm never returning. That's a lie. We already, <laughs> we already recorded the next episode. But, uh... I, I gotta let you guys know, uh, it is after midnight, and August and I are both very, very tired. We are. Um, so, and we're recording this episode a week in advance. Right. Oh, no, this is this week's episode. <laughs> the episode we recorded earlier was a week in advance. Right. Because we did them backwards. Uh, so, this episode's kind of going to be nonsense, but also we're talking about the worst of 2020. And right. Then, like, Saying the worst of 2020 is kind of redundant, so... You guys aren't ready for the last thing we're going to talk about. Oh, not oh even my God. <laughs> we'll be going until 2 a.m. on that one. All right, should we move on? Yeah, let's I don't even on. know what we are talking about. I have no Space Force. Clue. All right, uh, I got one more. Oh, wait, I have two more. Okay. Um, do you want to talk about something we're going to ramble about for a bit, or do you want to take a shorter one, then ramble for a second? Um... Uh oh I'll okay just, I'll just let's do that one and then that one okay yeah so guys we'll I think we need to have a frank conversation isn't pedophilia rad stop please That's don't take not how you can frame this August please don't take that out of context stop. anyone no never no one ever I really I'm really glad I don't have that many listeners so that no one will ever hear me say that right no he's talking about the Netflix series a teacher which, uh FX oh yeah whatever. Uh, it's a show that should never have been made, right. um, where the message is basically, apparently, pedophilia is rad, but I haven't seen it yet, I've just heard about, I've osmosis some information, because Emma and August have watched it, and I have not, right. and so, uh... Let me tell you guys a little yeah, ditty about I'll it. I'll tell you. A little ditty about Jack and Diane, if you will. No, about don't Kate, call them that. About Kate Mara and Nick Robinson. Ugh. I can't even remember their names. I know Nick Robinson has a weirdly square name. Dan. No, it's like, it's going to bother me now. I'll look it up. You, um, you keep rambling, I'll look it up. Rambling? You keep talking, my bad. It's it's 12.15 <laughs> at night, August, I'm tired. Okay. Um. So, a teacher tells a story of a teacher, I think her name's something of M? I'll Google, I'm looking at both of them. Uh, Kate Mara's character is Claire. Claire. And Nick Robinson's name is... Eric. I knew it. A weirdly square name. A weirdly square name. Eric with a C. Uh, yeah, especially for, like, a high schooler. Any high schooler named Eric is not to be trusted. I think the only person I've ever met named Eric is my dad. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've never met someone I've my... met two people named Eric. One of them is your dad, and one of them was an old scout leader I had in, like, the third grade, and he was a dick. <laughs> no. So, uh... Claire is, like, her and her husband, like, have a bad... It's, like, on the rocks. He's traveling for work, and he's jamming with his band. You know, general 30s stuff, I guess. And then uh, Eric is there being Nick Robinson. He's cool. And, um... So, she, like, starts tutoring him for the SATs, and then they start, uh, you know... Boning. Ugh. She's also a teacher at his school. She's his uh, AP English teacher. Yeah. So, why I hate this show the most, other than it's apparent messaging that, man, fucking your teacher is awesome, and fucking your student, rad. Even awesomer. Is that... So, they go to what I would call the 13 Reasons Why school of having your cake and eating it too. <laughs> Where in every episode opens up a warning 
sexual situations and graphic depiction of grooming might be triggering to some. And I was like, alright, I guess that's considerate to everyone who's been fucked by their teacher who might want to watch this show. But I mean, either if you were fucked by a teacher, you A, wouldn't want to watch the show, or B, you're watching it to be like, man, how about those glory days, huh? <laughs> so anyways, so that happens. And I'm like, alright, let's see how they handle this. So then, the episode starts. And man, is it awesome to fuck your teacher. It's just the coolest. And fucking your students, even awesomer. Like, it's great. They're fucking in cars, Riverdale style. They're fucking at their own ranch. I don't know what kind of style. Like, <laughs> who who owns the ranch? I don't even know. I think it's an Airbnb. I was I kind of tuned out at the beginning of that episode. But I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> what is this nonsense? So, then, every episode ends with a hotline. Like a... If you're being fucked by your teacher, <laughs> call, call this, this number... number. And but then maybe it'll stop. But also, like, the show's very much like, man, it's fucking sweet, dude. Like, I assume the only... If you, like, go to the website and be like, hey, my teacher's fucking me, like, a fist bump, like, kind of right. appear, like, yeah, pound it, bro. Like, that's all they do. They're like, man, fucking your teacher's sweet as hell, man. Like... In it? In it, yeah. And then fast forward a few episodes later, I don't know if I told you about this. So... She ends up going to prison halfway through the season. Yeah, Emma mentioned. Yeah. So, then the episode after that, like, we see that Nick Robinson has trouble in sexual situations, right? Oh. And I'm like, oh my god, are they getting Gee, to- I wonder why. I'm like, oh my god, are they getting to it? Like, are they going to talk about how that was, like, tra- traumatic? You know, the fuck your teacher? And have- right. So then, like, the episode <clears throat> goes on, and he gets, like, triggered by a stripper or whatever, and I'm like, oh my god, okay. Why is this 17-year-old in a strip club? No, like, he's in college at this point. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm like, all right, let's see where they're gonna let's see, let's see where they're gonna take this. And you know where they take it, Jesse? Where do they take it? He goes, "I need her back." No. I swear to God, I was so ready to be like, you know what? They really turned it around. They actually talked about how grooming is like terrible, but they didn't. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? That's fucking awful. <sighs> Should we move on to the next thing? Yeah. All right, guys. So this is sort of a part two to something that hasn't come out yet. Oh? Well, because this is for Bojo. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, guys, the last episode of Bojack Horseman. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. You take this one, Jesse. Uh, okay. So... As we will reveal in the next episode, um, the 15th episode of BoJack is maybe the best episode of BoJack ever made. One of the best episodes of television this year, if you ask me. Absolutely. Concur. Uh, It is phenomenal. All they have to do. Spoilers for BoJack Horseman Season 6, if you have not seen it. Um, Skip ahead to the next timestamp. Mm -hmm. Um... At the end of episode 15, Bojack, like, definitively dies. Right. And it completes his character arc, and it's great. And so all they have to do is show... His funeral. His funeral is episode 16, and have that be whatever it is. And honestly, whatever they did with it, as long as Bojack died in the way that he did, and that episode remains intact, fine, great, whatever. So then, what Netflix decides to do... First of all, they, like, slap us in the face... 
by it, like so it starts like them looking up like sitting on the roof like a recreation of like the last episode of the first season i'm like all right sure i'm assuming there's some metaphor to that that i haven't had time to really like right. process i haven't cracked it yet i haven't cracked it yet but you know what reddit will tell me later whatever so then it cuts to like bojack in a hospital bed with like a like a heart monitor going like ah, like a like a dead sound, you know? Yeah. And I was like, okay. And like a like a punk rock song is playing. And it's a pun. Cause I remember that. It was like called Why the Long Face. I'm like, that's a weird tone. Yeah, very weird tone to take. Then it like pans out to reveal that that's actually on the TV and he's in the pool and he's actually alive and he has to go to prison and do a fucking production ahead of Gabbler. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the fucking head of Gabbler. Yeah, we're the only two people who got that, what that's supposed to represent. But I'm like, don't even fucking start with me, Netflix. Yeah, stop that nonsense. Yeah, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, no way. They could not have just done that. Like, oh my god. And we're one of the only people who hate this finale, I learned, too. Apparently we are, but goddammit, I hate it so bad. Yeah, like, I felt honestly, like, upset for the fact that I've religiously watched this show for like holy shit like five years yeah and this is how they like end it like oh my god why don't you just you know kick me in the nards that'd honestly be better like holy hell it was terrible guys like really started the year off on a shit note absolutely did oh holy hell it uh and they just the whole episode I I understand, after thinking about it, what they were trying to do. They were trying to show that it's not always that easy. You don't always get off the hook by, like, dying. Sometimes you have to, like, pay for your mistakes and whatever. Great. I understand that. But that's not how writing works. (laughs) Bojack is an irredeemable character. Nothing he can do for the rest of his life can ever be penance. For what he's done. And the only conceivable way I could see that happening is if they explicitly stated that, like, this is hell for him. Right. This is him paying for his mistakes and he will never be forgiven and all that. And it ends on the note of, like, you know, people make mistakes. And sometimes, and you're just going to have sometimes to learn to, to keep on your, going. Pick yourself up and turn yourself around. Do the hokey pokey. Right. And then, you know what? I think I might have let it pass, if not for the fact that they have, like, Todd talking head. Like, you know, maybe art isn't what you put into it. It's what you get out of it. Yeah, because they were like, uh, people aren't going to get this. And they had to throw that line in to be like... Maybe you're just not smart enough, you know? Right. And Which I'm like, is, has never been an issue with BoJack. Yeah. BoJack has always been very smart comedy and very smart television. But not in, like, the Rick and Morty way, where it's like, <laughs> oh, you have to be... The smartest person in the room to under to possibly even conceive of understanding this. Like also, season four of Rick and Morty <clears throat> blows. All of Rick and Morty blows. Yeah, but like this season, like in particular, was really, really not that good. I was at an event recently where they were. It it, it was uh, for a friend's birthday, and there were only a couple of us there, uh, and so we weren't really paying attention to what was on the TV. But it was Rick and Morty all night, and I was just like is torture but i didn't want to say anything <laughs> because there were some people who were very clearly like into it i'm like this is excruciating <laughs> um but like uh, there's just that yeah bojack had never been that show until 
like that line, and I'm like that. Uh. Yeah, and uh, maybe we're wrong. You know, we could be because apparently everybody else and their mother likes it. But we also we talk about that a little bit in the next episode. How everybody sort of like idolizes Bojack as a character, and is like, oh yeah, yeah he's so great. He's not. He's a shitty person. Right. That doesn't make him a bad well, character. Well, the, the other thing is, like, the creators think that. Like, that's what season five's whole thesis was. Right. Was the idea that you need to idolize and, like, try and be like this person is inherently flawed. Like, that's what the whole meta-narrative of the show within the show is. Like, how anyone could be like, oh, yeah, he's, like, kind of nice to his sister. That makes the time he almost committed statutory, okay? Like. Right. Or the time he literally caused the death of another person. Yeah. Like. And that's another thing that bugged me out that season. Like, retconning the, yeah, he just kind of chilled in the parking lot for ten minutes. Like, that's weird to me. Yeah, because that was an important thing about his character. Yeah. And showed how fucking shitty he is. And don't get me wrong, Bojack is an amazing character and a fantastically written character. One of the best written characters I've seen in television. Uh Uh-huh. But he is bad. He's a bad person. Right. Not just, like, a guy who fucks up or makes mistakes. He's a bad person and the show like they sort of made you feel like it wasn't as bad and they're like ah we need to like double down on how bad he is so they made a whole season about how like despite the fact that he's done some good things that does not absolve his badness and then season six was him trying to absolve his badness unsuccessfully right and then they stuck the landing all they had to do was either end it there or just, like, not do the one fucking thing that they did. And then they fucked it all up. That's insane. And don't get me wrong. BoJack Horseman is one of the best television series I have watched up until the last episode. Right. Which is maybe the worst episode of television I've ever watched. Really? Yeah. It's that fucking bad. Because it ruins... Like, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm speaking hyperbolically, of course, but, like, it really undoes, and it, it, it's sort of, like, well, it feels it does. like them going, like, backsies on everything they've previously said for the past hundred episodes. Right. <clears throat> well, because it well, falls like through 70 on, episodes. It falls through on, like, all these themes and all the symbolism that's been throughout the show. Like, stuff from season one is, like, coming full circle, and then they're like, mm, no, that's kind of a bummer. Uh, no. Sometimes, you know, uh, life gets better, and you can be a better person. Sometimes you can feel really bad about stuff, and that makes it okay. Right, which, that's a solid message. It is. But, but not, not for that. For Bojack. Yeah. Because the things he's done are inabsolvable. Right. And him, the end of episode 15, which was so fucking good. We talk about it more in the next episode, yeah. by the way. Was him coming to terms with that fact. Right. And accepting his death. hmm That brought his character arc full circle. hmm Because, as we talk about this a little bit in the next episode, but I'm going to go a little more in depth with it now. They released season six in two parts. Mm-hmm. Because it was a 16-episode season instead of a... Uh, 12 episode season? Yeah. So they released the first eight episodes in uh, October, and then the next eight episodes in January. At the end of the first eight episodes, his character arc is complete. Mm-hmm. It's done. 
he has evolved his character as much as he possibly can. And then in the next eight episodes, for the first four, or for the first six, it's like, I have no idea where they're going. Like, his character arc is completed. What are they doing? Right. And then five ties it all together. Or seven. Mm -hmm. Ties it all together and is like, this is what we're doing. Right. This is how it's happening. Mm-hmm. He is inabsolvable. He is going to have to face consequences for his actions. The ultimate consequence for his actions. Right. He, like... They they fix it. And they bring it all together. Bring the whole series together. Right. And then, in the last episode, it's like, ah, just kidding. Yeah. Fuck all y'all. Right. Go and to it, hell. Each yeah. and every one of you. It just pissed me off. It pissed both of us off. Like, you should have seen us. We were mad. Yeah. Seething on my couch. Yeah. With pizza rolls in hand. Right. And I tried. I tried to, like, I tried, I, like, maybe I'm not crazy. I have to be crazy. This has to be one of the things I'm, like, everyone agrees on. Right. But we're insane, I guess. And the thing (laughs) we talked about last... Oh, boy, dude, we're going to rip that apart. Holy mm-hmm. hell. Should we move on? Mm-hmm. On to your list, Jesse. Um, on to my list. Mm-hmm. Um, give me one moment. I will give you one moment. Oh, wait, should we say something nice about the... Oh, yeah, let's say something nice about the BoJack finale. I liked the way that they only had the main actors appear in it. Agreed. I don't... I mean, I wish they appeared in a good episode, but I mean... Right. I suppose if I had to, like, pick a conceit for the final episode of BoJack, I'd be like, I agree that only the main actors should speak. Um, agreed. I also... The conversation that BoJack and Diane have on the roof has merit. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with it. I don't agree with this placement. I don't agree with... It existing in the show, really, but it has merit. I also I didn't... F- I mean, I know I yelled about it. And is, it, it is a good scene in and of itself taken entirely in a vacuum. With any context, I think it's bad, but in a vacuum, it's a pretty good scene. Right. I also um, will say I did get some... I will say the same thing about his conversation with Todd. Minus the... Agreed. We can make a bad finale, and if you interpret something good out of it, then that means we're okay. Yeah. I will say I liked that he was like, hey, you seem kind of overwhelmed. I thought we should come out for a minute. Like, I like that. That was a nice moment. I, uh... Well, because what is the event they're at? It's uh, PC's wedding. Oh. Do, um... Hipster man. Yeah. Jonah. Jonah, Yes. Moving on. Moving on. Let's talk about my list. Yes. I'm sick of talking about you, August. I I asked... We could ping pong. I asked you wanted to ping pong. Okay. First up on my list, we're not going to talk long about because we uh, last week talked extensively... Uh, two weeks ago talked extensively about why this is bad. Mulan. More like... Bad movie. <laughs> Yeah. That's what I'll call it. That movie is so fucking bad, guys. Oh, guys. 
I I I recommend you watch it. Honestly, I don't, man. Just can you believe so you Disney tried to charge people thirty dollars? Yeah, I would. Oh my god, I like. First of all, <laughs> I was like, Mulan's not a proper day care particularly, but like, if this was a new Marvel movie or a new Star Wars movie or something, I would pay thirty dollars to watch it. Right, I I would. I'd figure it out. I'd get some friends together, we pitch. Yeah, and we'd pay the thirty dollars to watch it. You're fine. Or I'd con my mom into doing it. Right. Um. But. No. $30. Mulan, I was like, eh, I don't care enough. We'll review it. Or we'll watch when we have to review it for the podcast. It'll right. be fine. And then we watched it and I'm like, oh, this is... I spent months seeing these takes about how it was so bad. And I was like, it can't be that bad. <laughs> it can't be that bad. And then I watched it and I'm like, oh, it's actually it's worse. way worse. <laughs> and I have several critiques about this movie that I have not seen from anybody. Right. Because I read a lot of reviews about it, too, to sort of osmosis the the general consensus. I had, did not see one positive review. They were all negative. And I had critiques that were much, much harsher. Maybe I'm just an asshole. But well, I'm maybe really Disney made a I shitty am. movie. Yeah, I think that's more like it. Um, that's all I'm going to say on Mulan, unless August has more to add. No, we talked about it for an hour. Yeah, we talked about it for an hour. If you want to know our thoughts, very in-depth... Go listen to it. It's a good episode. I think we have a lot of very valid critiques about the movie. Um, you know, have a beer, watch the movie, listen to the episode. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, well, I, fuck, that was very self-important to me to say it was interesting. It's not that interesting, but, you know, I think our critiques are valid. Right. And uh, if you're interested in hearing our thoughts, do the aforementioned process. Um, the next two movies on my list... I don't think are necessarily bad movies. Well, okay. Well, I'll, I'll talk about the next one when I get there. Let's talk about this one. I don't think it's a bad movie. I think it's a fine movie. But it is incredibly self-important. And you just know it was trying so hard to be the best movie ever made. It. it Which one is it? This is how I told... I'll, I'll get there. This is how I explain it to my family. Because I watch it with them. Um. Oh, it it tried so hard to be fantastic that at very least it should have been great and it was fine. And that movie is Netflix original Hillbilly Elegy. It's Again, it's not bad. Amy Adams gives a pretty good performance. Uh, Glenn Close gives a pretty good performance as well. And the uh, the guy who plays uh, JD, I think, is his name. Uh, his performance is actually very good. Um, for the most part. He's got some rocky moments, but it's it's very good. Uh, over and... Or all over. Oh, overall? That's the one. Um... <laughs> It I wanted it to be good. Again, like Mulan. I heard a lot of people on on the internet say oh, this movie was bad. And I went in wanting to really like it because I I enjoy liking things other people don't. 
struggling to be a true hipster. See, I enjoy seeing the good in things. That's how I'll say it. That's fair. Um, and in this movie, there wasn't a ton of bad. There really wasn't. But for a movie that thought it was so good to only be fine, that's what puts it on on my list. That's fair. <laughs> I wish we could weigh in more. I uh, I'd seen trailers for it. I'm like, I'm not really interested in this. Yeah. Maybe if it's like an Oscar novel, I'll tune in, but like, who knows? I can talk about the next thing, though. You sure can. Uh, which is on the list for a similar reason. Um, in that this movie thought, and the director thought, and I myself thought before seeing it, was the greatest movie ever made. Not ever made, Jesse, ever conceived. Ever conceived. The greatest idea anyone has ever had. Right. And then I watched it to realize that it is bad to fair. <laughs> Somewhere in there. I fluctuate. I do need to watch it again with subtitles. Some of you might be catching on. But it's it's poor to fair at, at best. And that movie is Christopher Nolan's Tenet. Tenet? More like, can it make Bad. sense? It cannot. And you know what? Maybe maybe it's a function of the outdoor theater. I mean, also, like, I was like, this movie's Could so man. self-important. I, listen, man. I'm not a fan of the whole, the main character's name is the protagonist. Yeah, the main character's name is, is, is me, and the main female is her. Yeah. Like, hey, 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 hey. It's the same thing, you agreed. It is, but it works in one of these movies and it doesn't in the other. (laughs) You agreed. (laughs) Maybe. I'm just saying, like, oh, the main character's name is the protagonist. Like, yeah, all right, whatever, Chris, fuck off. Like, yeah. (laughs) Just call him David. Don't even. Right. Just call him John. Right. Don't even change his name. Call him John David Washington. Call him John Doe if you really want to be like, oh, he's so mysterious. He could be anyone. Right. Call him John Doe. I don't care. Like, or is it John Deere? It's John Doe. John Deere is the tractor company. Well, I thought, because I know it's Jane Doe, so I thought, no, it's Doe or John Doe and Jane Doe. They're a married couple. Or siblings. Maybe both. With a name like Doe. I think they're from Alabama. <laughs> a lot of people go missing down south. Sorry if we have any listeners uh, <laughs> from Alabama. <laughs> We're sorry. <laughs> but not actually. I'm not sorry. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, whatever, Chris Nolan. Yeah. And then he was like, no, nah, it's got to be the cinema experience. Uh, like, kept him pushing it back. We went. We got the cinema experience. Because here's the thing. I know it's not the outdoor theater. Because I know several people personally and also read reviews and people who saw it in a real theater. And they had all the same complaints. Listen, this movie could have been good. It could have been... It's currently poor to fair. It could have been fine to good. Had the sound editing been even, like, a, a little better. Dude, I hope this gets a Razzie. Fucking put Chris Nolan in his place. That's, yeah. Chris Nolan might be my favorite director. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I agree wholeheartedly. He might need a bit of a, a, a check. Yeah. Getting knocked down a peg. Like, oh yeah. my god. I mean, I also don't know this movie would have done as successful 
I mean, honestly, I don't think this would have been much more successful, like, if not for the pandemic. Like, no. I honestly think bad word of mouth would have, like, circulated. Yeah, well, because, I mean, it, it made low numbers for a Chris Nolan movie, but not, like, excruciatingly low. Well, I mean, it was about what they expected with the pandemic, is what they said. Yeah, like, it made, like, the, your average Chris Nolan movie makes between 500,000, 600,000 in box office. Yeah, five hundred, six hundred million at the box office, and this did like four and a half, I think. Right. Um. So like low, but it is, the numbers were like if ten percent of people who would have seen it went right. But even still, like oh my god, it's just, or it did like four hundred fifty million. Um, I don't know. So, like, you know, low for a Chris Nolan movie on average, but also, like, factoring in the pandemic, not that low. Right. And it just... I, if... If you gave me a thousand dollars and put a gun to my head and said, tell me what this movie's about, I couldn't. I'd be like, I don't know, like, fucking... Time can go backwards, but you gotta go in this room to do it, and Chris Nolan got a boner, because, like, John David Washington learned to talk backwards, like... Yeah. Here's... Like, I mean, yeah, admittedly, that's cool. Like, learning to fight backwards? Sweet. Whatever, man. Sure. But, like, also objectively and admittedly, for this? Yeah. Here's here's one thing I'll say. This movie, my my two biggest gripes with it are the fact that the plot makes no sense and that you can't hear a word of dialogue for the entire first half of the movie. Right. And then for the second half of the movie, you can make out, like, every other word and sort of piece it together via context clues. If one of those were true and the... uh, Like, if, if the movie was made and one of those statements were true and the other was false, I didn't care which one. I could work with that. Right. And I could I could do my defending Chris Nolan bullshit. Right. But the fact that both of them like man, I it was And he gets defensive when people say his scores are too loud, like Right. It's too loud, man. Turn it down. And get somebody who knows what they're doing to mix your sound. Cause this could have been good. It probably, given the plot, it probably could not have been great. It could not have been amazing. It could have been good, though. Maybe. If you just tried a little harder, hired some dude who kind of knew what he was doing. I could sound mix this better. And I've done sound mixing on, like, a short film that I shot. Right. Holy shit. All the others, I just, like, let the sound be how it was. Right. Do you have anything nice to say about it? Uh, it was a very inventive concept. The casting was fantastic. I have a lot of nice things to say about Tenet. But the, the mean things I have to say about Tenet are mean enough for me to put it on my worst of list. It's fair. Also, John David Washington was actually not that great in this. He was not as great as I would have wanted him to be, but I also don't think that was necessarily his fault. Because it has not super screenplay. Yeah, there were some... Oh, man. I... You know, Chris Nolan is one of the best writers and directors of our generation, and that's an undisputable fact, based purely off of Inception and Interstellar alone, not even considering his other works, which I think his other works add 
add credibility to this argument, but based off just those two, he's incredibly gifted. And some of these actors who are in this movie are some of the best actors of our generation or other generations. Right. Like you, Kenneth Branagh, who's been one of the greatest actors of this generation for the past, like, four generations. Right. And there were some lines in this script that were just so bad. I'm like, it can't be the writer's fault because the writer's Chris Nolan. He's fantastic. It can't be the director's fault because the director is Chris Nolan and he's fantastic. And it can't be the actor's fault because the director or because the actor is this amazing actor. So whose fucking fault is it? And the answer is Chris Nolan, the writer. Right. And also Chris Nolan, the sound mixer. I don't know how Kenneth Branagh speaking Shakespeare is more comprehensible to me than Kenneth Branagh speaking about, like, I don't know, time travel or some shit. Right. Something that is, like, difficult to comprehend, but usually I can wrap my head around in every movie I've seen it. Right. Like, I understand the rules pretty quickly. Yeah. Like, him saying ye old English is harder for me to wrap my, or easier for me to wrap my mind around than, like... Right. Oh, they're sending the bomb back because it's peace from the future and there's a war from the future, but they got to stop it in the past. Or they're going to start it in the past so that the future comes to pass. And I was like, what are you saying? And then every now and then some character like, don't worry about it. It doesn't matter. And I'm like, no, Chris, it does. It does. Chris, you can't bullshit this concept out. Yeah, I get it. A bullet flying into a gun looks cool. But, like, that's not a reason for this nonsense. <laughs> you got to give me more than that. Like... I wish we could live in a world where it looks cool as a substantial answer for bullshit stories. Zack Snyder would do great in that world. Right, Zack Snyder would be the best director of all time. But, like, oh my god, dude. Holy fuck. Yeah. All right. right. What's your nice thing about Tenet? I like the Travis Scott song. Is that Travis Scott? Is that who did that? Uh, It was Travis Scott, I believe. Give me something better than that. Um... Uh, Robert Pattinson was good in it. He was. Um, Sure, it looked cool when that bullet went into the gun. It did indeed. Also, I just wanted to share. I will say, yeah, some of the action was inventive. Yeah, I want to share with you guys a uh, a quick story. A group of us went to go see this movie in a theater. Well, in a outdoor theater that is 45 minutes away from where we live. Um, and on the, the way home, we all just sat there on, on the walk out because some of us drove separately. Um, no, we didn't. Mm-hmm. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. Mm-hmm. Not for a tenant. For a tenant, we did. Oh, no, we did drive together. So, yeah, I was thinking of a different event at the same theater. Uh, we drove together. Uh, and on the ride home, we were all just like, yeah, it was really good. And all sort of like bullshitting because we thought the other, the rest of the group thought it was good. And we were like the odd man out and we didn't want right. to say anything. And over the course of the ride home, our complaints got gradually more like a little like, uh, you know, like this would have been nice or this could have been better. Or, I had a hard time with this or blah, blah, blah. And they got a little more severe as time progressed. And then... When we got home, we all just, like... Well, no. Emma and I tore into it to each other. When, and we're like, thank God I'm not crazy. And then we talked to August about it, and then the other people in the group, and it was, like, we all hated it. Yeah, no, it was bad. Didn't necessarily hate it, I, but I mean, didn't like it. What a fucking movie. All right, ready to tear something apart? Do you have anything else? Uh, I'm good.
Jesse. August. I think this is it. This might be the worst movie of the year. It honestly could be. But also, again, uh, maybe we're crazy. No. Because apparently everyone and their mother loved this movie. We cannot be crazy. We can't be. This is so... Like, BoJack, I can fathom us being crazy, I suppose. But (laughs) this, there's no way we are. Everybody else has to be wrong. What are we talking about, Jesse Davis? We're talking about Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Justice League Dark Apocalypse War, folks. A movie that sure did happen. Oh, it it sure happened. I could, yeah. What happened in this movie? Um, folks, I'm gonna let you know now. This is going to be spoiler ridden. You don't give a shit. You don't give a shit. But if you do, go watch the movie and come back to this. Um. Man, uh, so John Constantine is like, I guess, our POV character through this movie, but also kind of not really. He is, I would say. He is, but also, like, we get a lot of, like, Superman POV and Raven POV, I think. And Damien. And Damien, yeah. So, first of all, listeners. Yeah, you you, you, you talk about it, August. I, I, I can't. <laughs> so when I watched this movie with Jesse, um... I'd seen it before. Yeah. And then when I watched it with him, I told him too, I was like, I, this movie sucks. Like I told him and I gave him like a scene where I was like, this is terrible. You're going to hate it. Yeah. So then we watched this movie and within like a minute, he's like, oh, okay, this sucks. Cause it took a minute for Superman to like slam a desk and be like, no, we got a genocide apocalypse. We got to go to war. Which is the most un-Superman thing possible. Right. And Batman was the one who was like, maybe we don't go to war. I'm like, that's backwards. But, okay. Right. So, then... So the premise of this movie is as follows. Um, Darkseid has goaded the heroes into coming to Apocalypse to fight him. But he has an army of... What are they, Jesse? Uh, oh, they're super parademons. They have a name. They're paradooms because they're parademons. Teams of doomsday with doomsday in them. Uh huh. So he has this army of paradooms, who he's like, "Ha ha, Justice League, I've defeated you." So then we cut to like I think two years later or five years later. Uh, one of them. Right. An amount of time later. Right. Where the Earth is <clears throat> destroyed. Darkseid has these big lasers for stealing magma. Because, you know, classic Darkseid scheme. Right. A classic real estate scheme. Right. <laughs> you know, you just got to keep it toasty in a box. That's my nice thing about this movie is that they worked in the classic real estate scheme. <laughs> right. And that's the, literally the nicest thing I could say about this film. Right. Uh, the animation also doesn't suck, I suppose. I'm not the biggest fan I mean, of it, but like there were some moments where the Paradooms were CGI where it looked terrible. Oh, yeah. But, like, for the most part, the animation was pretty good. I would say Matt Ryan as good as Constantine as always. Oh, that's true. His performance was pretty good. I guess there's a reason he's consistently Constantine. Even though it was, like, wildly out of character, it was still good. 
I mean, he did good with what he was given. Yeah. So then... So we got to five years later, and John Constantine's in a bar, and then Superman's all, Oh, I'm sad. Look at me. I have a green tattoo. It's kryptonite. And then we flash back to the prologue of this movie, which happened, like, five minutes ago. Right. Like, we know. Right. So then it was like... So we're treating to what I can only describe as a animatic slideshow. It's it's so bad. And it's like, yeah. And this is the part where I mentioned in the last episode some trigger warning stuff. Because it is vicious. Like, I'm not one who's like, uh, no blood in my superhero movies, please. But I don't know. I guess there's something unsettling about watching, like, Mara's skull get caved in. Like, yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah. And it's relentless. Like, it was upsetting when I watched it the first time. I was like, oh my god. Like, it was just disgusting to be the best way I'd describe it, honestly. Uh, truly. It, it was it was excessive to the point of being, like, just beyond unnecessary. Right. I'm not gonna call it a snuff film or anything, but, like, whatever the cartoon equivalent is, like... yeah. People were talking about how it's so mature and there's stakes. Like, oh my god. There were no stakes whatsoever. Right. Is it because we just were told it happened? Right. We didn't actually see any of the events of them going to uh, Apocalypse or anything like that until, like, flashbacks later in the movie. Like, that's not how you write a story. Right. Especially because we, like, see them and we see them get attacked. And then it's like, oh, it's Apocalypse wartime, guys. It's- I'm like, surely you would just let that scene play out, right? Because then, like, you know, fucking Darkseid beats them and is, like, leering over them. Surely that's where you'd cut to, like, the credits and then, like... Right. Then it would be a flash forward to what happened two years later. Exactly. I mean, you know, I guess I don't know anything about movies. Maybe, like, the people who made this movie are smarter than me, whatever. But, like, that's how a story flows. As opposed to just slapping me with a flashback. And then we're slapped in the face of another flashback. Like, two minutes later, we were like, oh, what happened to the Teen Titans? And it's like, you want to see Starfire ripped in half, entrails uh-huh. on the floor? You want to see Dick Grayson get impaled through the chest? Like, Right, this is what you want. Yeah. And I'm like, Jesus, guys. So then, they have to put a fucking team together to, like, fucking fight Darkseid. And who does the team consist of? It's uh, Constantine, Etrigan, Superman, Raven, and... Damien they pick up along the way? Yeah. Because, oh, because they were like, we saw how Bruce, like, kind of flinched a little bit when Darkseid was like, yeah, my Paradoom just shivved Dick Grayson through the chest. So they're like, surely seeing Damien Wayne will jog his memory again. And I'm like, I don't know, guys. I don't know. He definitely cared about Dick much more as a son than he did Damien. Right. Oh, and then despite da- the blood relation, and then Dick is like alive because of the Lazarus pit. Yeah, Damien threw him in the Lazarus pit, and he's alive, and he's crazy, and that scene just pissed me off. And there's no payoff to that at all, you know, whatsoever. Like, and especially because in the context of this of this universe, what pissed me off about it is that like every time um, Dick and Damien interact in this universe, Damien's like, "How's it going, orphan boy? How does it feel to know you're second best? You know, on account of not having any blood relation, right?" Like, so, I don't think there's any, like, bond between these two characters. None. Right. So then... It's, once again, DC trying to shove Dick Grayson as the true son of Batman 
down our throats when it's been explicitly stated by every character, including Damian Wayne in the comics, that Dick Grayson is the true son of Batman. Like, if, if any of Batman's adopted children are his true son, or any of his children, um, any of his legal children, I'll say, because, like, you know, Cass, Babs, Duke aren't really part of the conversation, but, like, among the four legal children of Bruce Wayne... Even Damien has admitted that Dick is more the true son of Bruce Wayne than he is. Right. The true heir to the throne, I suppose. As it were. Yeah, and I know Dick Grayson's your favorite character. He I'm is. Not. He's one of my favorite characters in fiction. Right. Was it upsetting to you to watch him get, like, impaled through the chest? No, I didn't care. And then, like, it in a Lazarus... It was upsetting to see him Lazarus pitted, though. Right. And not in, like, a, oh, this is, like, emotional for me. I was, like, this is bad writing and untrue to so many different characters. Like, four different characters and just god-fucking-awful. And, like, disturbing as well. Right. Even if I didn't know anything about these characters, I'd watch that and be like, oh, my God. Right. Why the fuck would they do that? Right. Which I suppose was their goal. Well, no, because I don't think we're supposed to think, oh, Damien, that was shitty of you. He's like, I had to. He's my brother. And I'm like... Is he? <laughs> is he? Is that the relationship you two have? So then, they go to, like, Apocalypse, and the Suicide Squad is with them. Oh, yeah, the Suicide Squad's a big player in this, for some fucking reason. Because they have a movie. They made the wrong characters, the characters we're supposed to care about in this movie. Right. I would say I liked... No, I didn't like Chef Superman, I hated it, actually, but, like... Yeah. But Clark Kent, you know... That, that'll be my nice thing about the movie, is that Clark Kent never really lost his hopeful nature, which is the one, like, big thing about Clark Kent that really, really matters throughout right. any characterization of him. Like, any characterization of him can be at least halfway decent, so long as he is eternally hopeful, like, undyingly so. Right. And in this he was, so I guess, all right. Wow, props to nailing the down the fact that the symbol of hope is hopeful. Boy fucking howdy, great job. Give him an Oscar. Right. So then... Oh, so then they get some help from Lex Luthor, who's like this sniveling... Weird characterization of Lex Luthor. Yeah, very weird. Having Rain Wilson play him, I think, was part of that. Well, he's like this weird, like, sniveling underling... Who I, I'm supposed... That's one of my other biggest problems with this movie, is that I can't imagine a reason why Darkseid kept this fucker around. Yeah, no. Darkseid would just crush him. Be like, I don't need or want you. Right. Because he's all, oh, Lord Darkseid, it's me, Lex Luthor. I'm like, your third in command. And I'm like, no, you're not. Like, <laughs> not really. Oh, Jesus. And then, like, Batman's evil, I guess. Cause it's the fucking chair. Yeah. Oh. So then... Then the climax hits, guys. And boy, is it a climax. Right. So, Darkseid is like, it's revealed that despite the fact that we see him, like, rip these, like, characters in half, he has, like, robot Justice Leagues, and they're like, oh, we're the evil Justice League now. We're gonna kill you. We gonna get you. And who are the four horsemen of Apocalypse? Uh, It's Wonder Woman, Mira, Starfire, Mira... Like a, a snake mirror. Yeah. A weird, gross, like, crab scorpion Martian Manhunter. And Hawkman. And Starfire. I don't know if I said it already. Oh, is Wonder Woman not? 
She is. It's five. Oh, there's five of them? Yeah. Well, what the fuck? I don't know. Yeah, it was the five of them. So then, you know, they beat them. John Constantine's like, hey, Wonder Woman, be good again. She's like, all right, I will. I guess I will. You yeah. got me. You convinced me. Yeah. So, also, yeah, that's that was one of my other big issues with this movie, is all of these characters were so easily swayed from whatever their current stance was. Like, everyone was like, hey, we should maybe not go to war and figure it out. And Superman was like, we're going to war. And they're like, okay, I guess we're going to war. Well, if you hit that table, yeah, Superman. Yeah, I guess since you punched that table... And then these characters have been brainwashed for however many years into believing, like, whatever. John Constantine is just like, hey, maybe no? And they're like, yeah, definitely no. No, 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 for sure. Yeah. Um, which, like, you know, they should be on the good side because they're heroes. But also, like, you can make heroes bad and make me care about it, but this movie did not. Right. And they were so easily swayed that I didn't care about their return to the good side. And then Batman, it was like, oh, I'm evil because of the chair. And everyone was like, okay, neat. And then Damien showed up and he's like, oh, wait, never mind. Right. My one true son, he's returned. <sighs> so then it's all, ugh, the Flash, he's been a battery. And then they, like, touch the Flash. He's like, John Connors like, oh, my God, Flashpoint happened. And I'm like, what? No, that's not how that happened. That's how that happened. Flashpoint doesn't happen until the end. No, they... but, like, there's a part where, um... He, like, touches the Flash, and it, like, causes John to have, like, a vision quest of oh, Flash oh, Flashpoint movie. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, this is the Flash's fault. And I'm like, not this the Flash's fault, though. Right. That's not how Flashpoint worked. That's a different Earth. That's not even, like, that hard to nail down. Like, right. Like, oh. that's, that's not even subtext. That's just text. Right. So then, like, I'm like, whatever, man. And then, like... They're like, oh, Cyborg's the wall, isn't that cool? I'm like, not really. Not particularly. Like, sure, whatever. I guess that's devious or evil. I'm like, oh, Darkseid put Vic in a wall. But, like, what am I supposed to do with that? Right. Like, like why do I care? Right. So then, they fight Darkseid, who has a terrible voice, by the way. Yeah, who voices Darkseid? Tony something. He was, like, the dad on, like, some sitcom. It was not good. Because he, he's like... Destroy him, Batman. Like, he talks like that. Yeah. Like, fucking Mandark from Dexter's Lab. That's not... Right. Dark side. So then, like, Batman's like, oh, I'm gonna kill you, Damien. I'm gonna kill you so hard. And then... Damien says, please don't. And he says, okay. No, that's not what happens, Jesse. I think you blocked it out because you hated it so badly. Probably. Uh, so he's all, I'm gonna kill you with this sword, Damien. And then he, like, kicks Damien. Damien's on the ground. He looks up at him. And then we get it. We get the 2020 Crime Alley flashback. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then Batman's all, oh, it's me. I'm Joe Chill. <laughs> and this is Crime Alley. You know. How could you forget, viewers? Crime Alley. That intrinsic part of my backstory. Right, that everyone knows. Even if they've like only <laughs> ever heard of Batman in passing. That's the one thing they know. Yeah, oh my god. So then we got some Crime Alley. And then he's like, oh, I'm gonna kill you, Darkseid. And then Darkseid's like, I'm just gonna murder you, Batman. And then Damien jumps in front of him. He's like, no, father! Ah. Uh, and then that doesn't matter, because Raven heals him. Yep, just makes him all better. And then John Constantine dies, split. but then he doesn't. Yep, then he's just fine again. 
And then Trigon's there. I don't give a shit. But, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they summon Trigon for whatever fucking reason. And then him and uh, Darkseid fight, and then they all fly into a black hole, but everyone escapes except the villains. And Vic doesn't say booyah. He Vic says suck it, bitches. Yeah, he says suck it, bitches, and where booyah was clearly, like, the choice to go with. Booyah's not cool. He, whatever, it's Cyborg. No. And then they get back to Earth... And they're like, man, this blows. Like, we won, but this blows. And yeah, and Batman's all, uh, Darkseid took so much magma. The Earth's rotation, it's it's way fucked. Yeah. <laughs> like, even if we, like, we won, but we'll only survive on Earth for, like, a year or whatever. Yeah. And then, is it Wally? No, it's Barry. Okay. Barry Allen is just like, I can fix this real easy, and r- does a flashpoint again. And that's where the movie fucking ends yeah and they're all and people are all like oh what a bold take and i'm like what there was nothing bold about that yeah it was like what if a sixth grader wrote endgame that's what was bold about it pretty much what if like all those ideas on the chopping room floor from endgame were like in this movie piece together like replaced with dc characters do you remember how they're like yeah we were gonna have at one point of thanos just chuck captain america's decapitated head from an alternate timeline at everyone Uh uh-huh like that's an atrocious idea it really is like, I'm surprised that didn't happen in this fucking movie. I honestly am, too, given how much they stole fucking notes. Dude. But, like, they only took the bad notes. They were like, I know where to find notes. The floor. <laughs> they just <laughs> took all the trash ideas. I'm gonna hide behind the dumpster at Marvel Studios and steal all the notes they throw away and make them all into one movie. Jesse, I think it's time for another segment to make a comeback for the worst of. Oh my god. Because you know how this movie had actual stakes? I did not. That's false. That's a falsehood. Ah. What are some moments you hated of this terrible movie? Most of it. Just vample, I find. Um, I I really, really, really fucking hated the all, anything they did with Dick. Just the whole shebang. Um... The Wonder Woman characterization was bad. Superman characterization was awful. <sighs> Jesus. I just... I didn't... I did not vibe. Alright. Let's see what we got to say. A refreshing take on Justice League? False. Not refreshing. A... Oh... oh. One second. <laughs> For the people who called it predictable and BS all the way. Oh my god. Go watch the previous 14 films and read the New 52 series. It's based upon the New 52 series. If you have less to no knowledge about it, please don't watch these movies. You will hardly understand it and end up calling it BS all the way and predictable. And stop comparing it to Endgame, for God's sakes. Petty Marvel fans everywhere just trying hard to be relevant on anything and everything. Okay, but, like, it tried really, really hard to be Endgame. Like, it's basically, like, a shot-for-shot remake of Endgame if everything in it was bad. Also, this dude, every night, like, he lays in his bed (laughs) and he gazes at the ceiling where there is two posters next to each other. One of them is Heath Ledger, or not Heath Ledger... Uh, Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker and one of them is just like a nude of Todd Phillips <laughs> like Todd Phillips painted on to Da Vinci's man 
um, <laughs> with with the leaf removed. Um, and no, it's a uh, it's the Adam painting and like Zack Snyder's God, and then Todd yes. Phillips is Adam. They're just fingering, blasting each other. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Both her- entirely naked, and he he jacks off to it every evening. It's a hurt locker story. <laughs> Everything happened fast, and this speed is strength point of movie. That's how it's actually written. That wasn't my dyslexia. Maybe we'll we'll assume that English is not their first language, for give them the benefit of the doubt. Wow, what an amazing, beautiful, and bittersweet movie. No. Let me see. There's nothing amazing, powerful, or bittersweet, especially because at the end they're just like, oh yeah, by the way, all those stakes we talked about don't really fucking matter because we got a dude who run real quick. Uh, it is DC, and they started to understand their real target audience. They shouldn't target the Disney comic fans, but for more mature viewers, this movie is bloody, it is wild, and it has tragedy. You know, all those deaths that didn't happen? Right. So tragic. Just the way DC movies should go back into. The action is almost non-stop. Story is great. Of course there are plot holes like any other comic book adaptation, but they are very minor. I am waiting for the next phase. I hope you keep waiting, bud. The movie to end it all, perhaps. That, I... I felt that a little bit after watching that movie. DC has provided yet another masterpiece. It's DC a masterpiece. has provided no masterpieces thusly. Well, Shazam and Birds of Prey are pretty close, but they're no—they're not a masterpiece quite yet. Greatest twisting plot I have ever witnessed. This plot has no twist. It is a straight line. <laughs> From like after the first five minutes of the movie, you're like, yeah, so this is how it's going to go down. <laughs> And then for some reason they throw Harley Quinn in there. And you're like, oh, I guess I didn't see that coming. But the rest doesn't really change. A world where most of the heroes have fallen and evil risen from the abyss. But after a sparkle of light, the remaining heroes join together. Specifically team up with John Constantine as well as Suicide Squad to save the remaining humanity. Great mind-blowing plot. I have ever witnessed an animated creation. Please, for the love of God, get fucked. <laughs> I don't know how I mean that. Just take it however you need it and make it happen. Oh, my God. <laughs> the plot is a genius one. Nope. <laughs> Wrong. It's complicated, though. And what I loved, that they didn't miss certain elements. You have a classic Lex betrayal. Classic Batman ploy. Classic Nightwing Wrecking and Classic Cyborg Bitch. The BG score was good. The pace wasn't slow. Anywhere in the movie, the main characters established in previous movies got their space and continuity was somehow relevant. I mean, Waller did die of cancer. I suppose. I feel like every word of that was wrong. You know how Nightwing gets classically like, not just owned? like not my opinion, but is like objectively incorrect. Holy shit. An awesome ending of an era and the beginning of something beautiful. That's incorrect. Realistic cap locks of two exclamation points. No. This is a bittersweet but realistic portrayal of an apocalyptic event. 
Oh my god. Find me one fucking wizard and then I'll say it's realistic. <laughs> but if you have wizards in your movie, don't call your shit realistic. It's gutsy, visually stunning, pushing the envelope. Oh my god. This. Ugh. So much of what they're saying is like not just like not the opinion that I hold, but is like objectively wrong. I cried at the end. I'm sure you did, so did I. I was thinking. Oh, uh, I think this over. is it. Ready? That's so long. Dare to be bold. Dare to be different from what's out there. That made the stakes real for once. I imagine this is how far Snyder wished he could have taken things. I agree with that. But listen to this one. Yeah, he's the one who said he cried. He said he's a. Uh, a big fan of Snyder's vision for the DC AMU or EU, whatever. Whatever. Oh my god. What a fucking movie. Worst of the year. Absolutely. Zero out of ten. Movie does not deserve anything. It doesn't deserve the twenty five minutes we spent talking about it, to be quite honest. Honestly. Honestly, the only thing I'm happy about is that I didn't pay to watch it. Yeah. Alright. Where did they wrap it up? Yes, sir. All right, folks, uh, thank you for tuning in to our Worst of the Year. Look out next week for the Best of the Year. Fuck yeah. It'll be a much grander time. It will be much more fun. All right, and uh, I'm August Ricardo. I'm Jesse Davis. We are signing off. And remember, guys, um, something, 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 Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Remember to have some stakes in your life, you know? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Stay sticky, my friends.